So you and I, we both got the dump. You're saying you have a lot of snow? Uh, we got a, a little bit of a scattering last night. So we got maybe a couple more inches, but we've still got a whole lot of snow from that major blizzard that happened here about a month ago. It just never went away. Okay. So for yeah. us, for us, we had a dump, like you said, about two weeks ago. It's all gone. And then last night, before I went to bed at around 1030, there was about three inches. And then I woke up and uh, there's now, I'm going to use the old t style of measure, um, about a foot out okay. there, taller than my dogs. And I have many okay. schnauzers, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's yeah. interesting, you know, because like I'm further north than you yeah. are, but um, we didn't get that. I think we're getting it Thursday. Okay. So it just depends. It's really interesting, the landscapes here and how sometimes you get something completely different from somebody else. Yeah. 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 So our listeners know I'm talking with W.L. Hawken and we, <laughs> everyone, just about everyone, everyone on the island has woken up to like, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> we got everyone everywhere got a dump of snow, a dump. And I remember like this morning I was chatting with my spouse and I said, yeah, I saw the Environment Canada weather warning, you know, the the the, the mm -hmm. red block. And he says, don't you know, we were even in a different color than the red block. And I'm like, great. <laughs> right. So, so, hey, let, let's chat, Wendy, let's chat. Yep. So folks, welcome. This is my last recording for season four. It's been an amazing season. <laughs> Wendy, W.L. Hawken is here with me. Now for first time listeners, my name is Joanna. Oh, one moment, Wendy. They're plowing outside. Just oh. one moment, please. <laughs> All right, people. So <laughs> Wendy and I are just kind of chuckling here because we've had a, a couple of interruptions. And it's just because this snow was throwing everything, everything <laughs> off in my little world here. Um, the dog has now just taken his little bed underneath the desk. So Thank you for your patience, Wendy. First off, with gratitude, I'd like <laughs> to acknowledge the Penalakat and the Hulkwinam speaking people on whose traditional territory we work and play. And like I s mentioned earlier, we'll be shoveling some snow. <laughs> now, first time listeners, my name is Joanna. I am the author of The Unraveling and Dealer's Child, and W.L. Hawken is with me. She writes romantic adventures charged with myth, magic, and mayhem from her home near Vancouver, Canada. Her Hollystone Mysteries features a coven of West Coast witches, which actually I think that is really cool, really cool, who <laughs> solve murders using ritual magic and a little help from the gods. Now, those books are To Charm a Killer, To Sleep with Stones, To Render a Raven, and to kill a king. Her latest lure of the Lure River romances is a small town romantic suspense series. Wendy, let's give this another shot. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much, Joanna. Uh, I'm really happy to be here. And I'm just going to put a shout out too that I am on Kwakwakiwak territory. And I love it here. It's um, now called Campbell River. And uh, it's the, the land of the Wee Wee Kum people. Yeah, beautiful place. 
And as you mentioned earlier, um, we're both island writers, Vancouver yes. Island writers. Cool. Cool. Yes. Okay. Lure of the Lure River Romances. Can you tell us, our listeners, a little bit about it? It's the first in this new series? It, it is the first. Um, I will likely follow it up with others, mainly because I really love that whole small town feel of Lure River. And the characters are quite eccentric as characters tend to be in small towns. Um, I grew up in rural Ontario and I lived there until I was in my 40s. So oh, wow. I can really, yeah, I can really relate to like that real small town feel and those quirky kind of characters. So um, Lure River actually could be a small Ontario town. It it has that landscape. Okay. I put it in Minnesota, yeah. um, mainly because the Nasty Pants Sheriff, who you may remember, um, it's just not the same if he's an RCMP officer. Like a sheriff is has a different vibe than an RCMP officer. So I needed a sheriff. Yeah. And uh, so I thought, okay, let's just switch it over. And I'd been to Minnesota and uh, and it's still Anishinaabe land. So I thought, yeah, I'll just go with Minnesota. Perfect. And that's so yeah. true because I know when I started writing The Unraveling, um, this was like in 1999. And, you know, what I was being told was that don't situate a mystery in Canada. Okay. Mm. And we have RCMP. And I thought, well, then I'd need, and our sheriffs are different than the sheriffs in the U.S. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what was your inspiration? What was your inspiration for this novel and to write another series? Well, I wrote the novel 30 years ago. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. No, I did. Yeah. Um, I was leaving my ex-husband yeah. and I was starting my degree in Indigenous Studies at Trent University. Okay. And so I was really loving the Anishinaabe culture. Um, I was reading a lot of those books and that culture really comes out with Jed yeah. and uh, how he lives and his background with Joe and his spiritual life. Yeah. Um, I put it away, you know, I wrapped it up in brown paper and kind of moved it with me many, many times. I've moved a lot. And I found it a couple of years ago and read it and went, oh my gosh, it's a romance. And so I started to rewrite it. Yeah. And then this hand came up, um, a skeleton hand showed up um, in Jesse's shed, turned out to be a missing Indigenous girl who had yeah. been missing for 20 years. And I started talking to that character and said, like, who are you? What happened to you? And she told me her whole story. So the whole novel then morphed into something else. Yeah. Um, I kept the original characters, yeah. especially Sam and Ira, who I really love. Yeah. And um, a lot of it changed, though, as, as I got there. So, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go. Uh, we're going on a little <laughs> bit of a tangent, but it's, it's relative. Yep. Have you found that when you're working on a story, see... This has just happened with me. I've been working on this story and researching Holland and The Hague. And have you found when you've started working on a story, it's like you don't want to leave it? Like you just, oh, yeah. Like I've got rewrites I need to do. <laughs> I got rewrites yeah. back from my editor and I'm like, I don't want to leave it yet. Right? Like I don't want to leave Holland yet. Have you? Like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm doing, I'm writing book five right now of the Hollystone Mysteries and I can't, I, I'm just on it 24 seven right now. It's in yeah. my head. 
And it's just like all coming out. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what I've decided for me is I'm going to write the climatic scene Mm -hmm. and I will be in a good place to just, okay, now I can step back, but I don't think I can step back until I get that climatic scene written because it's still going to be like, like you're nodding your head. Oh yeah, for sure. sure. Okay. Yeah. When you start a new series, mm-hmm. um, what are you writing first? Like, are you a plotter? And I just despise this word, pantser. Me too. Okay. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Okay. okay. So we're not going to say that word. Okay. Yeah. Do you plot? Do you get the dialogue down? Do you just, how about we use stream of conscious? Does that, yes. like, what, what, what? Well, yes. I mean, I call myself an intuitive writer. Okay. okay? And I've actually, done workshops on something called um, what I called from spirit to page writing with your muse. Mm -hmm. So I really use my muses and I have all kinds of muses and they just Mm -hmm. talk to me and they send me movies and, and I just, it's all done like that. So I don't have a plot. Um, And I'm really, I'm really testing that theory again right now because I'm writing book five in that way. So my last three series or the three books in Holy Stone starting with to render a raven were all done like that where it was well what happens next yeah and you really have to trust that you can do this trust that they are going to give you what you need and you're gonna you're gonna get it so um as far as lure I dreamed that first scene where she's where she's looking through the lens of her camera and the deer and she's photographing the deer and then she sees it die as she's doing these and she looks down and there's an arrow in it of course oh. which just come from Jed um yeah. but I dreamed that in living color and then got up and typed it all out on my Commodore 64 yeah 30 years ago so that is wow. a dream scene and a lot of most of my most of my work comes that way yeah it's either dream or I'm out walking and I'm hearing conversations or I wake up and I'm like, oh, okay, now I know, I know what goes, oh, that's what you're going to do. And things yeah. change constantly Yeah, when you're yeah. right like that, which is great because it's never boring. <laughs> no, it's not. And I, you know, like I said, I kept thinking climatic scene, climatic scene. I've got to get this climatic scene. I was thinking, thinking, thinking about it, thinking about when I was walking the dogs and it wasn't a dream like you experienced, but it was just like one morning. It's always when I'm brushing my teeth or, you know, <laughs> getting up in the morning where you get the picture. And I just pictured, it's not even the main character, but it's this other character. And I just picture her on a plane. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it has to do a little bit with war crimes. And I just, I saw her salute the heroine and I thought that's it It, and you know right like your eyes just went big Mm -hmm. right like you Mm -hmm. when you get that scene like you're saying your first one you just know that's it and you've got to Mm -hmm. get it down yeah yeah okay Okay. so with setting Mm because you were talking about this you Mm -hmm. have such a real sense of setting in this novel Mm -hmm. and it (laughs) it made me think as I'm reading because I'm not one I don't really like camping. Okay. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like camping. Um, yeah. I can do a cabin with other cabins 
and there needs to be a flush toilet. So when I was reading your novel, I was thinking, she's got to live in a cabin. She's got to live in a cabin. This is so, this is so legitimate. So I was thinking, it sounds like a silly question, but do you live in a cabin or, or again, can you elaborate on your research with this? Yeah, for sure. I don't live in a cabin. I would love to live in a cabin. Um, I bet you were just loving it when she went into that spider infested um, outhouse there. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I've had my share of those. So, um, but yeah, I, I have always wanted to live in a cabin and, okay. but I lived on a small farm in Ontario okay. and I rode my horse a lot through the back trails like Jesse does. So all of that, all of that horseback riding stuff is very much from me. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but uh, one day, I think it would be really fun to have a cabin or go live in a cabin. With a flush yeah. toilet. <laughs> With a flush toilet. But I mean, that sort of takes away from it, right? Yeah. But you need you need to have the wood stove or I think she has a fireplace, but you need you need that and you have to have, yeah, an outhouse. So, okay. We're and going a lake, on, yeah. a lake to bathe in. Yeah. We're going off on another tangent here. So... <laughs> I lived in St. Catharines, Ontario okay. for four months when I was a child. Okay. And I learned later in life, you know, I'd, I'd hear on people from Ontario saying, oh, they're leaving the city. They're leaving Toronto. They're going out to Muskoka. They're right. going to the cabin. Right. And I kept thinking, small. They're they're quite the cabins out there in oh, Muskoka. They am, sure I, are. am I saying it right too? Like it took me yeah, a while yeah. to. Yeah. They're, we're not. They don't have outhouses, do they? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Those those are cottages. They aren't really cabins. That you know. Those are yeah. Those fantastic Muskoka cottages are just yeah. Yeah. gorgeous. I actually love that part of the world. I've never been there. I have never okay. been to Muskoka, but uh, it yeah. was. It was pretty impressive when I was a child seeing Toronto. Okay. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. You just just be careful what time of year you go because yeah. in the winter it's like freezing cold and snow. And yeah. then in around May 24th, a weekend, I was up at Algonquin Park once, May 24th <gasps> weekend, and we had to come in at night and, you know, put up the tent and everything, slept overnight, got up the next morning and like, there's nobody here. Where did everybody go? And as I was leaning into the hatchback to get the coffee, I realized I was covered in black flies. <gasps> so the oh. black, that's where everybody went. Everybody, yeah. everybody went. <laughs> yeah. And off they went. Right. So it was kind of a fit of trying to pull everything down and get it back in the car and get out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah Cause black flies are just like, the worst. They're and the I, worst. And I attract mosquitoes just yeah. even the, uh, out yeah. here. So I can yeah. imagine I, I'd just be like yeah. fresh meat, right? Oh, <laughs> <You know? laughs> for sure. For yeah. sure. But it is beautiful country. But just be mindful oh. when you decide to go there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we haven't mentioned much about your heroine, Jessie. Mm -hmm. um, I like her. I like her honesty and I like her self-reflection. Mm -hmm. And she chooses to live alone in this cabin to find herself. Mm -hmm. And you write, she wasn't sure she liked what she was finding. 
And mm-hmm. I loved that, you know, because you you hear of, oh, I'm going, I'm going somewhere to find myself. But her self reflection, she's she's that has got to be a very honest self reflection. So, mm-hmm. what is she going through? What are her struggles for Jesse? Right. Well, first of all, it's really hard for her being out there alone because she's she hasn't, you know, she hasn't lived in a cabin yeah. with an outhouse and all that before. But also she's lost her fiance to in an avalanche. And he was Alec. Um, he was her anchor. But at the same time, she's coming to enjoy her independence. And she's also starting to realize like that without him, like he was calling the shots, right? So they had this kind of thing where he was more dominant in the relationship. And so she's starting to find her own voice and her own inner strength. And, you know, it's, it's tough when you're in that situation and she's starting to wonder about her relationship with him and if it was what she wanted or not. Right. So, I mean, I think a lot of, I think a lot of Jesse's comes out in me in this because I was in a place where I was leaving my ex-husband. Right. So, so I was also like trying to find my voice, trying to find what, what made me tick, what I loved and everything too. Right. So I mean, the whole piece where she goes, decides, like, I'm going off on horseback alone into the woods to find him and give him this news about this, this man he loves who's dying, his, this man who was kind of like a father to him. That's, that's a brave, that's a brave thing to do. Yeah. All by yourself. And, yeah. you know, she's, she gets into a mess of trouble while she's doing it yeah. because it's all new. Yeah. Right. It's all well, new. Well, I like characters who are honest and can be honest about their flaws. You know, mm-hmm. like that, uh, that, that's what's going to hook me. Like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to feel this connection with this mm-hmm. character, right? Mm-hmm. So on our character, we're on our character stream. We need to talk about Jed. Yes, Jed. Okay, now I should have asked you before we started. <clears throat> how do you pronounce that? Is it an Anishinabe? No, Anishinabe. Anishinabe. Okay. Yeah. So he feels more connected to the Anishinabe. So mm-hmm. can you you talk to us about Jed and, and what inspired you mm-hmm. about Jed? Right. Um, I was at Trent University and I was taking what we used to call Native Studies. It's now called Indigenous Studies. And so the Anishinaabe were the Ojibwa, Chippewa people of that area. And I think maybe some Cree as well, but that whole like Eastern Woodlands kind of area. And um, I really connected to that culture. I was living in that land at the same time, right? And, and, And I really just connected to it. And very strongly, and did a lot of healing while I was there at Trent, uh, working with the teachers and the elders, and and uh, I did my whole degree there. It took several years because I was a single mom, yeah, and um, and uh, went to ceremonies and powwows and all these things, and I and I just loved it. Um, that comes out in Jed. So Jed is kind of a lot like me in that he believes he's was born into the wrong culture. And as soon as he goes across the river and he discovers this culture, um, he starts running away. He's like seven or eight years old. And he just starts running over and hanging out with Joe, who's this 
an old, old Anishinaabe man and his wife, Effie. Yeah. And um, his parents finally, uh, they make a deal with him because he, they, rather than have him run away, they're like, okay, look, you can go there and stay with them for holidays, but you know, you can't stop running away. So yeah. that's kind of what happens. And he ends up being adopted really by, by Joe and Effie and, and spending all his time over there. So Joe teaches him a lot of things, how to survive and all these, all these different things, which comes out um, and the spirituality of it, which really comes out through his story and him trying to rescue Jesse from whatever she's going through and get her back to safety. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Well, well, he is so complex, which is great. Like he's so he complex. Is. Right. He is. His, his family. Yeah. His family is actually Dutch. Um, okay. yeah. yeah. And, um, and they have some indigenous ancestry, which is my mother's family. My mother's family is Dutch in, in Tuscarora. And so I think that came out there too. Like I said, I don't set out to plan these things, but they happen. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and then later I say, oh yeah, right. Okay. You know, I was just actually finding out that piece about my Indigenous ancestry when I was at Trent at that time. Because my mom was 75 when she kind of came out with, you know, oh, I see why you're interested in this stuff. My great-grandmother, blah, blah, blah. And I said, what? Yeah. (laughs) What? What You're telling me this now? Yeah. So, yeah. I couldn't have been, like, privy to this information a little sooner, (laughs) right? You know, you just didn't, uh, they didn't talk about it. I can understand. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Now with Chad, I have, like, I'm, I, how do I say this? I'm not a fan of hunting Mm -hmm. and hunting for a trophy just drives me nuts. Okay. You know, like extremely well, mm-hmm. individuals who go in on a helicopter and are just trying to get something to hang on their wall. It, mm-hmm. it just, I'm sorry if I've offended anyone, but I just, I can't handle that, right? Right. But with Jed, he lives off the land mm-hmm. and he does hunt. And what I liked that you did is I near the beginning, there's a scene where he, he, he gets that deer right with the, the bow and arrow, but then you also show him saving an animal. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such a nice balance of character. So talk, you know, and, and I could see why he would hunt given his character and his ancestry. So, so talk to me about that. Why did you, did you want to show a balance? Did you want it to be, uh, mm-hmm show the legitimacy of why he does hunt because of his ha- ancestry. Like, just talk to me about that. No? Right. No, okay. <laughs> I, I, I did not do anything on purpose and, okay. and um, certainly not. I don't, I don't ever kind of set out to show something when I'm yeah. writing it yeah. just with him. It happened that he's living in a cave. Yeah. He's been there three years um, with his, He's got a, he's got some tools, uh, yeah. you know. He's got a knife and he's got a few things like a pot that that Joe gave him because Joe said, you know, metal can be our friend and and uh, so you know don't completely go off all these things. Um, but he and he has, of course, his wolf who is his companion, 
Yeah. And that that's that's who I think you're referring to there, sister. Yeah. Um, but his his character is is really much that that kind of survival woodsman who is who is living off the land, but he's also infuriated by the trappers and what's going on there. He's really concerned about that. He hunts humanely, yeah, and he hunts in it with a spiritual with a spiritual um, essence to it. So he thanks the animal. He uses all the animal. Yeah. And that that was a big research piece for me. I had to learn how to skin a deer and all those things. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. And I but liked- he, he worries, he worries about his wolf yeah. that she's going to get caught in some of these traps. Cause there's a big piece in there around, you know, inhumane hunting and trapping. Yeah. Um, which I didn't intend to do, but it definitely comes out with with Ira and Sam. Yeah, yeah. Who are who are in their way antagonists. Yeah. Well, it like I said, you do it so do it so well. And how you portray him is it is so well that it's yeah. So oh good. Uh, well that was a great answer. You know, sometimes okay. sometimes I think, oh I you know I like to express sometimes if I have a different point of view, just to hear the author's point of view, you know? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, Jed and Matt, Mm -hmm. they are brothers in this series. What is their relationship like? Right. Well, it's a little bit complicated um, because, because Jed grew up going away all the time to spend time with Joe. So he didn't have the same kind of closeness, I guess, but they are close and they have that connection. Um, and then Jed went to college and tragedy struck. And then Matt feels guilty that he couldn't save his brother. Matt's the older brother. Yeah. And and he's he feels bad that he wasn't able to keep him from going into the bush yeah. because they all worry about him, right? Um, but that's just how it is. And, you know, as Jesse says, nothing in her experience, you, you can't, you can't stop someone from doing something they really want to do. So, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I like Matt. Matt's a, a forest ranger and, and uh, he's a lovely guy. And I haven't got, I haven't got into his life as much at this point, but um, I think he's a good big brother. So could you see uh, a book in Matt's future? I can see them. I can see Matt and Rainey coming back into things for sure. Yeah. People have said that they want to know more about what goes on there. So, well, and I like showing sibling relationships that mm-hmm. can be complicated. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have two girls, three years apart, and it's the same parents raising them. We have not changed, we did not change any of our techniques and raising Ashley and Kara, but they are just so two different people, you know, yeah. like, like opposites, which yeah. is, it's good, you know? So mm-hmm. as a parent though, I remember at times how I would talk or discuss things with Ashley, it would, she'd understand it would work. And then same approach with Kara and <laughs> no. just because they're two different people, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We are all our own people for sure. Yeah. And I see that a lot with siblings. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I'm finding that each book is a different writing experience. 
Um, after writing Lure, what did you learn or experience as a writer that may be different from your previous mm-hmm. novels? Okay. So I got it. So I, I first wrote Lure. I first wrote right? Lure 30 years ago. Right. And so the book that I released last year is not the same book. Um, and in the meantime, I've been writing the Hollystone Mysteries. So I have to compare kind of that with going back and writing Lure. Yeah. And so it's interesting because the Hollystone Mysteries are quite sensual. They're they're sexy. Yeah. There's lots of Celtic myth. There's magic. Um, the main character there is a free-spirited bisexual magician and a Wicca priest who gets into trouble all the time. So I'm writing all kinds of like sex scenes, um, all these things. They conjure gods, there's spells, there's fighting. Lore is very different. And it's interesting because a few people had said to me, well, you know, why don't you write something that's just kind of mainstream? Um, you know, because my my books are pretty edgy and they're they're different. They're out mm-hmm. there, right? And uh, so I thought, okay, well, you know, here is this, is this, here's a typical kind of, well, I guess it's not typical, but it's a romance. Yeah. Um, and I tried to write just a romance that was a sweet boy and girl romance. And so that was a challenge for me yeah. um, to see like, okay, I'm not going to put any sex in it. And I actually didn't. And then my editor said, well, you have to give them something. You've been <laughs> building up this it's a romance. You've been building up this relationship with them and all this suspense and, and, you know, through the whole thing. Uh, So I did give them something, but I'm not at anything near what, uh, what I give my other characters in the Holy Stone Mysteries for sure. But it's interesting now as I'm out and I'm doing craft fairs, this is something I learned, I guess when I just, I just did the craft fair in in Campbell river. And so I was out, I had all my books lined up and I had, all my Hollystone mysteries, there's four of them. They're all in a series. And then I had Lure and I was explaining all the books to people. And, uh, and you know, I would sort of go, and here's, here's you know, a nice, nice romance here. This is, you know, yeah. it's just, it's kind of an adventure story and everything. And they, they'd go back and they'd pick up to Charm a Killer and go, which is in Vancouver. Oh, I want this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it's just, it's interesting because- yeah. Here's people telling me, oh, just do a nice mainstream kind of novel. And I don't know. I I find more people are more interested in the other ones. But who's to say? And I mean, the thing about being able to write your own series is like they can morph into whatever you want them to do. So yeah. Lure River could become a, quite an interesting hotspot for who knows what. Yeah. There you go. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. And I find... Selling books at a market, I've just, I have done a, I did the summer market in Chimenez and I did the winter, one winter market, one one day during the winter in November. And thank gosh, there was sunshine. And <laughs> uh, it's different. It's a different feel than if you're in a bookstore doing a mm-hmm. book signing. And I remember it cracked me up, just the experiences you have, because I'm at my table and a, a person came and she picked up Dealer's Child. She sees the cover. She flips it over and she's reading the back. And she said to me, she goes, uh, my brother, my brother has really particular taste. I went, oh, okay. Have you had feedback that 
do have you had some men read your books too? And I said, yeah. I said, go, my husband's brother. He really liked it, which I said that for some reason impressed my husband, right? That his oldest <laughs> brother really liked it. And I go, and I have. I've had um, an American reader from the US, a male, say to me how much he liked it, right? She goes, hmm, I think he'd really like this. Let me see. So then she put the book down and then she was gone. And then she came back about <laughs> an hour later. And I, Honestly, she picked up the book, turned it around, and held it out to her partner. And she goes, "What do you think? Do you think he'll like it?" You know. And her partner, he's he's reading it. And oh, oh. And then she said, um, "Would you read this?" You know, like right there in front of me. Would you read this? And she's holding it for her partner, and he's reading it. And he goes, "Yeah, I'd read this." And she goes, "Okay, it's sold." She goes, "I'm getting it." She goes, "Because my partner and my brother have similar reading styles." And, and as she's holding out, I said, "So I passed, hey." You know, so they did. They bought the book. So it's it's a different. I don't know if people at markets are bolder, you know, but it, it's a different experience, and it's it's fun. Like, yes, yes, right? it is, it is. I mean, I my my holy soil mysteries are LGBTQ, and I had a lot of people come up and talk to me about that, yeah. and they were really looking for that, and so I thought, okay, you know, this is this is something that we need. Yeah. And um, so in book five, you know, I'm really branching out into that a, a little more even yeah. um, than I have been. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. But isn't that wonderful how how that woman really wanted to make sure that it worked for her brother-in-law? Yeah. Like that's that's really lovely. Yeah. You know, and you were mentioning about characters and and what characters these weren't your exact words but what gets revealed to you when you're writing okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um i found that with my series jade and sage sage she's bisexual mm-hmm. and in the last book as i'm writing this scene where you know it's if you're not a writer people may think what 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 goes on in a writer's mind? Maybe you don't want to know, okay? But um, I just remember writing this scene in an office, and this character Jillian, who was an assistant, comes up, and then just Sage and Jillian, this rapport they had, and I just mm-hmm. you know, and it's almost like you, the typist, need to get out of the way, yes, and just. Let 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 yeah. go. What happens, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You, you and I have very very similar process to writing, yeah. and same with me. I'm just, I just I said, oh, you're going to do that now? Yeah. Okay, well, let's go with it. You know? Yeah. And yeah. yes, I'm a voyeur. I mean, yeah. definitely because I'm watching everything as it's happening. I'm having to get inside their bodies so that I can feel what they're feeling. And yeah, it's a really interesting interesting process for us. Yeah. to have. Yeah. But yeah, you do have to get out of the way and just let them be themselves. Yeah. And then, okay. I remember one other experience. <laughs> My spouse reminded me when we went out shopping and we were talking about writing and during the plotting, well, no, I don't plot, but during my research, I was looking up birth certificates and being able to, with, um, Vital Statistics Canada, being able to change your sex on your birth certificate. And so I had printed out all these forms because I I want to know what does a person need to go through 
if they wanted to change their sex, right? And I have yeah. all these forms out and yeah, I, yeah. you know, came home, didn't think twice about it, put them on the counter and their forms like, um, <laughs> I can't remember, uh, gender change or application oh. form, you know, and he walks in and he looks <gasps> and he goes, Joe, <laughs> do we need to have a talk? Oh no. What's going on? And I'm like, what, 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 what's your problem? You know? And he, he's looking and I'm like, oh geez. And he says, please don't do this to me. Okay. Oh please. no. Cause this is about the second time. I don't, you know, you don't think twice about it. Like it's research. You don't think yeah. twice about it. Right. Absolutely. But the, Absolutely. The, the poor partner on the other side is just like, okay, what now? <laughs> right. You know? So, okay. Taking, yeah. lighting it up here a bit. What do you like to read? I'm a big mystery fan. Okay. That's why most my books are all mysteries. There's all yeah. mystery in there somewhere. Um, Westerns. Oh, like okay. I said, I grew up. Yeah, I grew up on a farm and I, and I love like sort of those. I love Westerns. I mean, okay. gotta love Yellowstone. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, those kind of Westerns. I like Supernatural. So anything that's magic-y, yeah. uh, mythical, that kind of thing. I read a lot for research. Yeah. So as you say, like I could be reading anything. Um, right now, I'm 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 rereading Interview with the Vampire. Oh. As a because it's and it's for something I'm going to do for for a marketing thing. Yeah. Um, and it's really that's a crazy book. Um, I was going to ask you, how do you find it reading it now through the eyes of a writer? Well, I mean, it's, it, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, right. it's, it's interesting. I, I'm trying to get around the whole, the, the sexuality part of, uh, between Lestat and Louis. Yeah. Um, because that never really comes out that there's anything going on there with them. Yeah. And Lestat has women of the night to come over. Yeah. And then, but Lestat gives him this five year old child, and there's this whole sort of, war of pedophilia going on there yeah. which is very strange and then they the two of them dress up and take her out all dressed up to the opera as two men and this child and i'm thinking what what are the what are people even thinking about these guys like it's a very complicated and and strange book yeah, yeah. okay okay yeah and very wordy okay and of course, it's it's all kind of a monologue because because Louis is telling the story. That's the interview, right? Yeah. So it's 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 just it's been interesting reading it. But I'm doing more vampire research right now, so I'm trying a few different things. Excellent. Um, I'm also a book reviewer for okay. the Ottawa Review of Books, so I tend to read a lot of um, Canadian fiction, yeah. and I and I read a mix there. So you know, um, yeah, I have a fairly eclectic eclectic styles but if I'm if I'm looking for myself I'll look for either a mystery or something like a really good fantasy okay. um, Holly Black or Cassandra Clare or somebody who's you know who's reading those kind of things I love J.P. McLean's books I will say that yes yeah yes. I mean we're friends and we live near each other and I really do enjoy um, her her books they're really good and she's writing she writes in a way similar to me so we both have that sort of supernatural adult story going on and uh with a bit of a mystery to it so i had yeah. her on, i had her on the podcast too and we, yeah. we had a good discussion yeah yeah excellent and 
I know just thinking of readers. So my oldest daughter, she's an emergency room nurse. And before she became an emergency room nurse, her reading selection, I don't want to say it dealt with very serious, very, I don't want to say heavy topics, but very serious issues Mm -hmm. and topics. Mm -hmm. And now she's full-time emergency room nurse, you know, Vancouver general. I mean, you can't get any more. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she has said to me that she is now gravitating to fantasy because she just, she needs that escape, you know, from. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started writing the Hollystone Mysteries when I was teaching full-time English in a secondary school, and I was losing my mind. Oh, and no. uh, I'm an introvert, like a super introvert. And yeah. and I was coming home and watching hours of Big Bang Theory yeah. just to like do. And then I just started writing about this w- Wicca coven, and I just let it go. And it was just as crazy and sexy and everything. And then, of course, I was teaching high school, so the kids knew I was right. I was teaching writing and literature, and the kids knew. Yeah. That I was a writer, and they say, "What are you writing?" I'm like, "I can't tell you." <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, come on, what's your pen name? No, can't oh. tell you because I was using a pen name in those yeah. days yeah. Um, because it was. I thought in those days. Now, actually, part big part of my audience are teens. Yeah. They love the Holy Stone Mysteries, yeah. um, but but you know, ten years ago, I was a little bit leery of getting you know some parent going what. Yeah. She's teaching my child and she's writing this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, no. yeah. it's interesting. But I understand the escape mechanism is really important. You can't yeah. stay in that heavy mode. Yeah. You know, you have to find a way to to lighten it up. Well, I have to say, like, kudos and praise for you for being able to write sexy. Okay. I much prefer writing. I would say like fight scenes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's, that's just, or a fight scene, a chase scene, a car chase scene. Mm-hmm. In this first draft of the fourth book, which is, I call the honeymoon porridge stage. Okay. <laughs> I am, I'm telling myself, step out of your box a bit, you know, see mm-hmm. if you can do um, early morning bedroom scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, authors who can do that, that takes skill, that takes talent and bravo. So mm-hmm. bravo. <laughs> okay. Yeah. To make it not sound so mechanical, you know, right. Then that's, oh. Right. Because it's all about emotion. It really is. It's all about the emotion and what people are feeling. Yeah. It's not, I, I know, I don't, I don't use a lot of terminology, Okay. but you know, what's going on. Right. Okay. So yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Now, fun question, <laughs> fun question, wrapping up. I said season five on my questions to you. It's actually season four. Mm-hmm. What have you been binging lately? And mm-hmm. my example is I've been binging baking shows. That's that's right. my escape where I don't think about anything, where I'm just very precise about pouring mm-hmm. how much milk or whatever I need. So what have you been binging lately? Okay. So I just binged two series. Okay. Two TV series. Um, the first was The English with Emily Blunt. And I don't know if you've, seen that I've heard about it it's very heavy it's so intense um set in the midwest in the 1890s and 
what, what was the crazy about it is I didn't actually even know what it was about until the sixth episode, which I think was the last episode when they finally revealed what was going on. I went, what? So okay. I'm now going to have to go back and rewatch it because I didn't know that was what was happening. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to say what it is because yeah. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But after that, I went to like watch Outer Banks okay. because Outer Banks is a teen, um, a teen adventure mystery show set um, on an island off the coast of modern day South Carolina. Okay. Such a fun show. Okay. So they're, they're kind of like they find a, a shipwreck. Um, it's just really, really well done. The characters are are great. And uh, so that I just had to like go into something, like you say, completely opposite. That was just a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, that's a fun Netflix show. Okay, I will look for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wendy, we did it. It took us a couple of tries, um, mm-hmm. mainly because mm-hmm. of my end and they've plowed the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good for you. And both dogs. Ozzy and Pepper, Little P, have both fallen asleep. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And I hope to talk to you again. Yes. Yes. Okay, Wendy. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.